Welcome to the Eric Erickson Show podcast, Hour 3. Hello, America. It is Eric Erickson here across the nation from Charleston, South Carolina. I have been here, went to, observed the Nikki Haley presidential announcement. There will be some others coming up. I hope to get to to see those as well. This one is somewhat special in that she is a friend of the family's, um, and it's cool to to be here. Mike Pence as well, friend of the family. Uh, if and when, I think when he announces his, I hope to get to his as well. Uh, I want to go to Ron DeSantis's too, which should happen towards the end of June. Tim Scott's may happen next month. Uh, maybe I'll be back in Charleston for that one. We will see. Uh, I, I was not able to get the phone calls in the first two hours of the program because we had technical difficulties here in the hotel on their end uh, trying to, to – complicated story, but they finally were able to make it work to get me into the call screening program, and I want to be able to take your phone calls, 877-973-7425. And I want to begin this hour with John's phone call. John, welcome to the show. Hey, Eric, how you doing? Good, how are you? Good. You know, if an alien wants to come to the United States, all they have to do is go land in South America. They can walk right across the border. <laughs> fair. Very fair. Yeah, by so, the way, no, by the way, call, John, I, I don't curious, know if you heard you this. Um, a a, a Russian... We, well, hang on a second. I don't know if you heard this. A, a Russian bomber, form ex-bomber, actually flew to Mexico and walked to the border to seek asylum and has, like, uh, intelligence information on the Russian uh, fighter bomber program. The easiest way in. Yep, yep. Okay, so The View. So I don't know if you saw the opening to The View yesterday, but it came off as just like a bunch of angry, bitter, middle-aged women attacking Nikki Haley. And I was curious I why they were attacking a woman who was a minority running for president. And I was wondering if it was because they were just so scared of her. That could thought. be it. Yeah, yeah. So look, I, I, it, that could be it. Thanks very much for the phone call. They, they are they're intimidated by her, somewhat scared of her. But more importantly, there is a very bigoted view on the left that if you don't believe the right thing, if you don't support the right view, you're not authentically a woman, you're not authentically a black man or a black woman, you're, you're not authentically uh, whatever it is. It's, um, it's offensive to me, but this is... Um, it's it's kind of what it is. I mean, for those of you who wonder what John's talking about, this is the the uh, idiot uh, Sonny Hostin, who is a fairly racist in a lot of her views. But you know, as governor, they keep on saying her defining moment uh, was signing legislation removing the Confederate flag from the state capitol. She only did that after the massacre that happened at the Emanuel Church that yeah. I actually covered and spoke to those family members. She only did that. And then let's remember that after Trump came, by 2019, she was defending the Confederate flag. She said that the yeah. Charleston church shooter had hijacked the Confederate flag. No, ma'am, the Confederate flag had always been hijacked. And that, then she said that people saw it as service, sacrifice, and heritage. I see it as heresy as a person of color in this country. And so... Okay. So you're going to attack Nikki Haley for a pretty signature accomplishment because you don't like her politics. 
and she was paying respect when Nikki Haley said that of how a lot of people in South Carolina saw that fight. They didn't see it as a symbol of racism. Yes, they were white. They they had relatives, uh, ancestors who died in the Civil War. They didn't consider their relatives hateful. They weren't going to hate their relatives. And she was making that point that she understood that symbol. And she understood that Dylan Roof was resurrecting its symbolism as a racist emblem. And, and of course, it sails over Sonny Houston's head or however you say her name, Joy Bayar. Well, she's part of the invasion of the body snatchers. You know, there are these there are these politicians on the right who now have become like mentally crazy, you know. But her problem is that, you know, not only was she a big uh, Trump supporter and like she's an election denier, too, isn't she? At one, no. point, at one, point. one point, she was. No, no, she was not. She said she wanted the votes counted uh, at, at her speech day. She called for election integrity. Listen, here's what happens. They don't like her because of her politics. And because they're so embedded in identity politics, they can't accept that a woman can think differently from them. This is, this is part of the problem of identity politics in this country. It is a problem, and particularly with, with the left. By the way, so uh, in her speech today, Haley said that uh, may the best woman win. She said to all of the all the other candidates who will enter this race, may the best woman win. And the crowd loved it. They laughed. And then she says, in all seriousness, I don't play identity politics. I don't believe in identity politics. I don't believe in the glass ceiling. I believe in America. And anyone in America, regardless of who you are, can come out on top. Something to that effect. These women want to be victims. And they seethe with rage when anyone doesn't acknowledge or behave like they're victim, a victim, and if they get ahead in life, they don't in some way then recognize that that they got some sort of special help and other people can't get that special help because of the uniquely bad nature of the country or some such. Uh, it's a it, it's a perverse perversion of what happens in this country. It is a level of intersectional insanity from the left, and. We have to beat these people. We have to beat them. I've gotten lots of hate mail from people today. I, I, I've actually gotten a lot of hate mail. And, well, why are you thinking this about Nikki Haley? She's not going to be Donald Trump. She's not going to be Ron DeSantis. She, she, she announced, folks. She's the news today, whether you, you want it to be the news or not. I, I'm not picking a dog in the fight. I'm staying on the sidelines. She's a friend, yes, but so is Mike Pence. So is Tim Scott. Ron DeSantis is the one that I know the least about. I know him less than the others, and he's probably the one I'm most intrigued by. But she announced today. Tim Scott will probably announce in the next month. Scott, also of South Carolina, wants to rally South Carolinians to his side. Very notable at Haley's event today is Ginny Sanford was there. Ginny Sanford was the uh, former, the, the ex-wife of the former governor, Mark Sanford, who went on the Appalachian Trail in scandal with an Argentinian. Ralph Northam surprised everyone in Washington today coming out for Nikki Haley. I was told overnight um, they, they had a, a frank exchange and he decided to come on board with her. Ralph Northam was a huge supporter of Donald Trump's. Uh, one of the, the first people in South Carolina after the governor to come out for Trump in 2016, uh, backed him in 2020, uh, challenged the election in 2020, claimed that there were problems with the election. Ralph Northam has come out for Haley today, saying that we need fresh new leadership. 
Haley saying that the the 21st century cannot be won with 20th century politicians. She didn't go after DeSantis at all. She she made clear her record in her governor's race. Now, here's what I think is going to happen. Haley did not spend a lot of time about her cultural conservative record in South Carolina. And most people don't see her as culturally conservative. They see her as a small government person. They see her as institutionally conservative, but not really a social conservative. She did have John Hagee there. John Hagee said the invocation, uh, which is interesting. Um, But DeSantis has been fighting cultural fights for the last little while. Here's my suspicion. I, I don't know. I don't have any inside information. My guess is that DeSantis is going to announce after the Florida legislative session. So it'll be probably late June when he announces. And DeSantis is going to start a pivot twofold. One, DeSantis is going to focus a lot on economic issues, tax issues, and things like that in Florida. So he will be able to talk about how he made Florida a great state to do business in, which will kind of juxtapose uh, Haley's positioning with her tenure as, as governor, a pro-business governor in South Carolina. She really was great pro-business governor in South Carolina. Uh, DeSantis, I think, will do the same thing in Florida, and he will have the cultural component as well. Uh, on top of the cultural component and that, what Haley has that DeSantis lacks is foreign policy experience, being the ambassador of the United Nations. So I would not be surprised if we see DeSantis, as I mentioned in the first hour, uh, show up in uh, Israel at some point or the Middle East or go to Ukraine. See, I I know there are a lot of people out there who are attacking Republicans who support Ukraine. In fact, Donald Trump today released a statement about Nikki Haley attacking her for supporting Ukraine. There is a a sentiment among some not to. I would not be surprised if we see someone like DeSantis show up in Ukraine with Zelensky and and see firsthand on the ground what's happening. It wouldn't surprise me if he did something like that or, or if he went to Poland if he went to Israel, somewhere to show he cares about these issues, somewhere to show he can neutralize a lot of attacks, even from some of the major Republican donors, by showing himself not as a neocon, but as someone who actually is paying attention to these foreign policy fights. They're going to matter. Tim Scott, of course, in the Senate, pays attention to the foreign policy fights. DeSantis will probably have to have a running mate who is focused on, maybe it'll be DeSantis Haley, maybe it'll be DeSantis Scott. Uh, maybe it'll be DeSantis Pence. No, that's not going to happen. I don't think he wants to be vice president. Pence, of course, doesn't have to do this. Now, what I am what I am told is that in the coming month or two, we should expect Mike Pence to make a formal announcement one way or the other. It appears he's leading to decide. Tim Scott will. Uh, the big wild card, though, is DeSantis. And here's the problem for everyone else running for president. The donor class of the GOP, even the ones who do not like Ron DeSantis, are waiting to see what DeSantis does. I was talking to a reporter yesterday, and I've talked to some of these donors. There are some of the donors, they don't dislike DeSantis. They just think that he's too much like Trump, and, and we need to change tone, that we need to change direction. Some of them like Glenn Youngkin, who's fallen off the radar altogether. No one can even tell if he is vetting staff behind the scenes to run for president, and there was a lot of buzz about him potentially running for president. But even the donors who like him now, he could write a check himself, but even the donors who like him are like, we got to wait and see what DeSantis does. As long as DeSantis waits, he deprives all of the other candidates of money because the donors want to see what he does. 
And these donors, some of them are not DeSantis donors, but they want to see what DeSantis does before they decide to get in. They want to see what DeSantis does before they decide how much to write, who to write it to, where to write the check, or even if to write the check. His delay hurts the other candidates. And this is a new dynamic. This wasn't the case in the past. So many of the donors are looking for someone to rival Trump, and the donors themselves believe that a huge field benefits Trump. So they want to align their positions to try to keep people out if they can, which they really can't do, but they can deprive people of the resources and make it more painful for people to get in. But they want to see what DeSantis does. They think DeSantis has what it takes to go the distance. They're, they're frankly not sure about Haley or Pence or Scott or Yunkin or Nome or any of the other would-be candidates. They, they're just, they're not sure. And they're pretty sure that DeSantis could take out Trump. One of the things I've heard from several of them is they hope that Mike Pence or some of the others might serve as candidates to stop Trump, that Pompeo may get in. And Pompeo would be the rock star foreign policy leader, the former head of intelligence for the nation, former secretary of state for the nation. He would probably overshadow Haley to a degree with that. If he actually gets in, it sounds like he wants to get in. But he and Pence, Haley, the, the, the people who are on Trump's team in the White House, that they could actually probably align themselves in a way intentionally or not that harms Trump in a way that benefits DeSantis. The, the, the donors, whether you like it or not, and you need to understand this, a lot of the donors are ready to move forward with a new candidate. They worry about Trump against Biden. Some of you think Trump can beat Biden. Trump is going to need to sell himself on that. He's going to need to sell himself. And I would submit to you that on the day Ron DeSantis is in Florida taking on ESG and saying they're going to stop sending state pension and state retirement dollars to companies that back ESG, Trump is on Truth Social complaining about Rihanna at the Super Bowl. He, he probably needs to get with the program if he wants to get back to the White House. So my kid has a queen-size bed. We've got a king-size bed. We got him Bull and Branch sheets, and he's used them. He had, like, kid sheets, and now he's old enough. He doesn't want the, the action figure sheets anymore. Well, we got lost because, I mean, the sheets look like our sheets, except they're queen-size sheets, and they got put in our closet, and the kid was in despair. We got him Bolin Branch sheets. They've gotten softer and softer, and he's like, where are my real sheets? He refused to sleep until we found the real sheets because they're that soft. They're that good. They're made with a 100% organic cotton thread. They get softer in every wash. You can stay cozy all winter long with a set of Bolin Branch sheets. They really are that good. We have them on multiple beds in our house. My goodness, my seriously, my kid, uh, he's finally like, my sheets are for kids. I'm I'm grown up now, and uh, it's just a, a step of quality above what he had, and now he's like, can't sleep without these sheets. They're designed to feel incredible for all sleepers. They're made without toxins. They're free of pesticides, formaldehyde, other chemicals. They fit the deepest mattress, too, which I love because we have a very thick mattress on our bed, and it fits. It doesn't, like, bunch up and then snap off in the middle of the night when you roll over. You can get 15% off your forced order Bolin Branch sheets when you use promo code ERIC at BolinBranch.com. Exclusions apply. See site for details. That's Bolin Branch, B-O-L-L-A-N-D, Branch.com. The promo code is ERIC, E-R-I-C-K. Hello there. It is Eric Erickson here, Charleston, South Carolina. I'm trying to figure out where am I going to take my kid to eat after the show is over. Lots of recommendations from people, but they're all kind of fancy. We just want something laid back. Maybe go over to the, the food pavilion place, nonetheless. 
we got other stuff we got to talk about today. Uh, hackers. Let me just read you this. Hackers tied to Russia got dangerously close to knocking out a big chunk of the U.S. power grid last year. The malware they used is still out there. The attack during the early weeks of the Kremlin's invasion of Ukraine involved hackers deploying malicious software to try to take down around a dozen U.S. electric and liquid natural gas sites. While the Biden administration disclosed the incident at the time, the new information suggests the threat was more acute than U.S. officials divulged. Robert M. Lee, the founder and CEO of Dragos Incorporated, which helps companies respond to cyber attacks, told reporters that last year's attack was the closest we've ever been to having U.S. infrastructure go offline. Lee said a coalition of U.S. government and cyber industry groups derailed the effort, but he didn't disclose how. The discovery last year came three weeks after President Biden warned that Russia was exploring options for potential cyber attacks. I believe that it's actually a, the internet's a good thing. I believe the internet is a good thing. But I think sometimes we have overextended our use of the internet. The internet of things became a thing. Like, for example, for example, we now have a situation where you and I, with our thermostats, and by the way, I put in a smart thermostat. I, I put it in the Ecobi thermostat. And I immediately went in and turned off the ability for the power company to connect to it. In Great Britain now, the power company can show up at your house and make you turn up the, the, the air, turn down the air, turn off the air. I, we, they don't do that in this country. They can't do that in this country. For a lot of the reasons our, our country is so much better with, with private property rights and the like. They may try in places like California, though. But I think the internet, putting the internet in everything has been bad. Some, we, we, we struck so far towards efficiencies, and efficiencies are good because efficiencies lower costs. But perhaps we've gone so far down the rabbit hole of efficiencies, we've jeopardized our securities. By putting efficiencies over securities, we made it easier for others to hack our systems. Maybe it's time to get this stuff off the internet or build unique proprietary intranet systems that other people can't get onto unless they have direct access. It just it, it's a little bit disturbing to me that the Russians could have shut down most of the North American power grid and uh, liquid propane and, and, and gas pipelines in this country by a hack we we have made ourselves vulnerable to the enemy by trying to be as efficient as possible we should be efficient as necessary but not efficient as possible that jeopardizes our security y'all i want to be real honest with you uh i have looked because you have asked me to look for a reputable gold company that can give you advice and answer your questions that's not gimmicky. Like, for example, some of them do certificates, and some of them they try to rope you in with other stuff. You are interested in precious metals for your retirement savings uh, to ease the ebbs and flows of inflation and wild swings in the stock market. Advantage Gold. Advantage Gold. That's who you want to call. Uh, Advantage Gold, I have looked into them. I have had them answer my questions, and it is not one of these gimmicky places. There aren't tricks they really just want you to have a great experience learning how to be a gold investor. Give them a call, 
Tell them I sent you. You can get their free golden IRA investment kit, but call them if you got questions. They're good people. 800-450-2566. Hello there. It is Eric Erickson here from Charleston, South Carolina. I will be in studio back in Atlanta tomorrow. Uh, the phone number, if you want to be on the program, 877-973-7425. Uh, we got much more we've got to talk about here today, including immigration. Um, and before I get there, though, I just, uh, I'm, 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 I well, I don't want to just focus on presidential politics, but yeah, I don't want to focus on it, but, uh, in, in the, the dispatch, uh, Andrew Egger has this, that Chris Christie, uh, says, he, he, people don't know who DeSantis is. Let, let me just read you some of this. Um, it's hardly surprising for the pugnacious former New Jersey governor, whose bid for the Republican nomination in 2016 flamed out with a sixth-place finish in New Hampshire. It does make him unique as some Republicans bow out rather than face Trump in 2024. Christie picks a fight with Trump every chance he gets. I've known him for 23 years. I'm not the least bit afraid of him, he said. The presence of Trump in the primary still makes a difference to a lot of people. He didn't do what the normal one-term president does, which is go away in shame because they've lost. He has no shame. Corporate bigwigs, elected Republicans, party activists may have no intention of backing the former federal prosecutor if he mounts a second presidential bid. Many of them are nonetheless quite interested in what he has to say about Biden, the country, the Republican Party, and yes, Trump. These discussions in Christie's gig with ABC News as a regular panelist for the Sunday morning show this week are keeping Christie engaged enough. But he's almost finished putting his four kids through college. He loves the arena. He's only 60. A decision on 2024 will come in the next three months. If I get in, I get in because I want to win. I'm going to be a truth teller in this race. I think the American people are hungry for the truth. They don't even know what it is anymore. So... Here's what he says about DeSantis. He's done a good job as the governor of Florida. I don't think anybody can argue with that, but that's very different than running for president. None of us really knows what he'll be like on the national stage. If he decides to run, I'll be interested to watch and compete with him. I'm still waiting for President Jeb Bush and President Scott Walker from 16 and none of that happened. I'm sure as heck not going to worry about what DeSantis is going to do or not do because none of us really know who he is outside of Tallahassee, Florida. I don't think that's the case. I think people are mis misreading this. So, okay, so let me let me let me back up here. We may have to put off immigration here. How do I want to do? Um, okay. Sorry, this is radio on the fly, and I've I've had a long day already. <laughs> we, not you. Those of us behind microphones. Those of us in front of cameras. We, sometimes we listen to each other and we don't listen to you. And I'm guilty of that too. 
some people, I'll be honest, get mad at me for not listening to them, and they're actually idiots and don't have the self-awareness to realize it. I mean, honestly, this is the thing. I'm not. If you take this personally, I might be talking about you. Generally, you don't. But there are a lot of people say, "Listen to me, listen to me. I have views. I have views on. I have views on politics." Yeah, you do. And chimpanzees fling poo. There, there are people out there who lack self-awareness enough to realize that they're, um, they're not, they're, 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 they shouldn't be listened to. You know who those people are. So I have a pet peeve. Y'all, this is, I'm going to get, you mean littleness. I have a pet peeve. I, I try my best to spend a lot of time with y'all. I will tell people on the radio where I am. And I don't mind if people come hang out. I, I, I enjoy meeting people. I have random listener. We we interacted for a while on Instagram and, and we will stay up on Friday nights. Now we, we play Xbox together. I am terrible. He is very good. I, I get no kills. I'm just hanging out and visiting. Random listener, we've gotten to be friends. Just just hanging out, playing Xbox. I will tell you what drives me crazy when I'm in a line and it always happens. And I, I really don't want to offend you. Some of you, you can laugh about it because you know, you're you, but I'll be in line. There'll be a line, a hundred people long. Everybody just wants to take hands, get a quick picture. The line keeps moving. And there's always someone who holds up the line and they don't have the self-awareness to realize there are a bunch of people behind them. And it, it's 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 kind of funny. I mean, it, it actually kind of is. We it, we can all get laugh about it, and occasionally they will realize, oh my gosh, I've held up the line. I'm so sorry, and they'll move. And it's so it's very funny. But there are some people who they 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 don't have the self awareness, and it's okay. Not everybody's as self aware as others, but there are some people who they've got views. They they want to be heard. They're insistent that their views are the right views, and they get highly offended. When you disagree with them, that they feel personally insulted that you don't agree with them, that you don't take them seriously on an issue. And everybody's got an issue. Everybody's got an opinion. They're a, they're a dime a dozen. Some of them are not good. Some, some people believe these balloons are aliens. Why do I want to listen to those people? But so here's the thing. A lot of times, a lot of times we in the media, and yes, I am, I'm in it. I'm not of it. I, I, I intentionally live outside the New York, D.C. ecosystem. I don't want to be in those bubbles. I want to relate to Americans across America. It's like Charles de Gaulle used to say, there's Paris and there's France. Well, there's America and there's the D.C. New York corridor. But people in the media, people in politics, they listen to each other. They don't listen to you. I'm not talking about the guy with the crazy views. I'm not talking about the guy who holds up the line. I'm talking about you right now listening to me. There are a lot of people who don't in politics and in the media, they don't really listen to you, except every four years they come with a camera in a swing state. Oh, you're in Georgia, the, the battleground state of the nation, ground zero. Well, we should listen to you. What do you say, Joe Schmo, who may not be registered to vote? Or they trot off to Iowa. What do Iowans think about this particular candidate? And that's the only time they care. When Chris Christie says no one outside of Tallahassee knows Ron DeSantis, He's saying something that people behind 
care in front of cameras and behind microphones will say in a view about American press when he says I'm so waiting for President Jeb Bush and President Scott Walker from 16 and none of that happened he's saying things that people in politics are saying the number of people in politics who are comparing the DeSantis buzz to the Scott Walker buzz and they fundamentally miss it as Nate Cohen and I, we talked about this yesterday Nate or day before yesterday Nate Cohen of the New York Times pointed this out seven percent of the Republican base wanted Scott Walker to run in 2016, 7%. A third of Republicans want Scott Walker or want, want Ron DeSantis to run. It's a fundamental difference. We really don't know who he is outside of Tallahassee. Yeah, we, we, we've been paying attention. You may not know, but a lot of voters know and they're impressed. This isn't to praise DeSantis. This isn't to defend DeSantis. This is to point out if Chris Christie is, it wants to run for president, God bless him. Listen, I, I know Chris Christie. He's a, he's a very pleasant person. He came to the 2015 conference, um, first politician my kid ever interacted with, shook his hand. Christie's a nice guy. But does he have what it takes? Do we know who Chris Christie is? He's been off the stage for a while. He's been a talking head on ABC. Now, I will tell you, I was at ABC a couple of months ago for a meeting with some reporters. I was doing a roundtable, and they were all talking about how Christie seems to really want to run for president, and he's trying to use his position on TV to advance his cause with donors because donors watch the show to run for president. God bless him if he does. There's nothing wrong with using your advantages to run for president. But I would just be cautious saying something like, we don't really know who Ron DeSantis is. I am more mindful of the fact that so many people get inside echo chambers. I, I actually think there's a great benefit to me having made a decision and in full disclosure and all honesty, it was my wife's decision. She didn't want to move to Washington or New York. I turned down job opportunities to do radio there. And I think it was a, a wise decision ultimately because um, I, I don't want to use the phrase real America because it, it, that's real America as well, but an America more connected to uh, outside of the D.C. New York bubble, outside of the Acela corridor, I'm always amazed with the with the guys on Twitter who they they say things on Twitter and and they presume it's conventional wisdom because everybody on Twitter is saying the same thing. But in the real world, people don't give a crap about Twitter. Very few Americans use Twitter. It's not very indicative of things. Honestly, I mean, it's kind of like the TV shows. Even Tucker Carlson, maybe a million people. 1.5 million will watch Tucker in, in the demo. Now, more will actually be watching 2, 3 million people, but 2, 3 million people out of 330 million people out of 100 million Americans, that, that, that's through what, 3%? Out of 100 million Americans, yeah, I can do the math there, 3 million, 3%, that, that's still not a ton of Americans. And people get, well, if, if it was said on this show, then it must be so, and it's not necessarily so. And politicians and pundits Radio show hosts, myself included, have to be careful about that. It's one of the things I learned after 2016. I didn't support Trump in 2016. I didn't think either one of those candidates deserved to win. I didn't like Hillary either. And Trump won. And I thought, you know, I was convinced he was going to lose. I was convinced he was going to lose. And I had to do that self-assessment. What did I miss about American politics? 
and had to reassess what I missed. And I, I think I've largely gotten most things right since by actually having to sit down and do some self-reflection and try to figure out what happened. What did I miss? 2022 is a good example. Everyone, myself included, everyone in politics, Democrat and Republican, expected a Republican wave. None of us actually expected that 13% of Republicans would vote Democrat because they were really tired of the Trump crazies. I knew I was, but I didn't expect a majority or 13% to be that significant, and it was. And so every time you do one of these things, you have to have some level of reassessment. What did you get wrong? What did you get right? If you got something wrong, how do you fix it so you don't get it wrong again? If you got something right, was it luck or did you actually get it right because you had some knowledge of how to process the situation? And I just don't think a lot of people in the media are doing this anymore. So we get the same commentary every time. We get the same commentary every time. We get the same sort of media knowledge every time. And I don't think it's extremely useful. My buddy Joe Cunningham at Red State, also now a great radio show host in South Louisiana, he's got this piece at my old site, redstate.com. The media is trying to dictate the terms of Nikki Haley's candidacy, and we can't let them. One of Politico's takes yesterday was the fact that Nikki Haley had previously identified herself as Caucasian. It's an absolute joke. As my colleague Bonchi explained earlier today, as to Politico's claim that there's something nefarious about Haley selecting white on a voter registration card, there's a reasonable explanation. These cards often do not provide detailed racial segments. Because of that, Indians have been known to select white instead of black or some other non-matching, uncommon descriptor. In an analysis of 1990 census data, 25% of Indians selected white as their ethnicity, 5% selected black. The New York Times titles, Republicans try to challenge Trump in 2024, but barely say his name. Ron DeSantis also gets this criticism. Politico also attacks Haley. Haley enters the fray, a female candidate against a man known for mocking them. The media, the political press, would be better off if they packed up and left New York and D.C., I frankly think if CNN wanted to improve itself, it would pack up and move back to Atlanta. Be less in the bubble. Less in the echo chamber. So much of the political press these days is in an echo chamber where they feed off of each other and each person trades back and forth the conventional wisdom they've hold, heard from someone else. Oh, that sounds good. I'm going to repeat the lie. Oh, that sounds good. I'm going to repeat the Oh, that sounds good. I'm going to repeat it too. And everybody starts saying the same thing. And it's not true. It's just what they say to each other. Chris Christie can say nobody knows Ron DeSantis, but actually a lot of people, they think they do, and that's what matters because DeSantis has been very careful about cultivating the image that people have of him now. People in the media may say stuff like this, but it doesn't make them right. It just kind of makes them needing to get out and actually talk to more people outside of their standard cluster of people they talk to in the green rooms of the media. The green rooms are where all the conventional wisdom, bad ideas fester. Like bad odors. They need Eden Pure Thunderstorms in there. You can go get an Eden Pure Thunderstorm at EdenPureDeals.com. You put in the discount code ERIC, E-R-I-C-K, just my name, E-R-I-C-K. You'll get three Eden Pure Thunderstorms for less than $200. The Eden Pure Thunderstorm is an air purifier, so it gets rid of the pollen and the dust, the mildew, the mold floating in the air. It, why you can uh, it's it's uh, blah, 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 filterless. That's what I'm looking for. Filterless it uses electrostatic plates. So you just wipe it out on occasion, and it works. 
But here's how I, I don't actually use it and run it all the time. I use it as an odor eliminator because I can plug it in into a hotel room or a rental car where it's been smoky, someone's been smoking in the room, or it's just musty because it's an old building, or I've been frying in the kitchen and it just wipes out odors, wipes them out. EdenPureDeals.com is the website. You get three of them, one for upstairs, one for downstairs, one for your RV or your travel bag. I've got one here with me. I didn't have to use it. Great hotel. Didn't have to use it, but I keep it just to be on the safe side. EdenPureDeals.com is the website. And you just put in the discount code, my name, Eric, E-R-I-C-K, on the front page of that site. You can get three of them for less than $200. You're saving $200, and you get free shipping at EdenPureDeals.com. Good gracious. You people like your Charleston, uh, the amount of emails I've got from people with conflicting restaurants to go to. I mean, I got I got all sorts of restaurant recommendations to, to go to in Charleston now, so... We're going to have a late lunch, and my so I, I brought my 17-year-old over here. We, we've been friends with Michael and Nikki for a long time, since 2009, and so they invited us to come over for the event we sat uh, with the family and uh, at the event just to, the, to Nikki's right, um, to the left of the stage. It was, I mean, we were wedged in there. It was Congressman Ralph Northam was there. Uh, I sit right behind uh, Pastor John Hagee uh, and then um, Michael and the kids and, and her parents and brother uh, who listens. He lives in Atlanta, uh, listens to me there. And so it was it was a it was a fun time. But uh, my so my we're staying at the Charleston place, great hotel in right downtown on Meeting Street. And my 17 year old has never been here before. So I feel compelled to take her around the city. And yeah, so my default was going to be Rodney Scott's. Um, we should go to the original Rodney Scott's, but it's also uptown and we're downtown and there are lots of good places downtown and maybe we'll just have to bring my wife and son back with us. Um, but we got to go walk King Street as well uh, so she can see all the shops and the antique stores on King Street. It's just, it's a, a Charleston is a very cool place. If you've never been to Charleston, South Carolina, it is a very cool place. I did a conference here back in 2011. Uh, need to come back at some point, do another one once we ex- uh, get the show expanded, get on a radio station here in Charleston and show up. It's just, it's it's a very cool, very old American city. Uh, there, I mean, we're just down the street from some historic American churches. We're down the street from a place where George Washington sent orders to rally the masses for the revolution. There's a big plaque on the door about George Washington's orders to the locals there. It's just, it's a very neat city. Um, It's, it's a bigger Savannah and it's a cleaner, less pee in the road, drunk people, New Orleans. Uh, The live Oaks and the Magnolia are gorgeous. It's just, it, it is a classic old American city. Uh, look forward to coming back here again. I forgot how much I liked it down here. All right. Uh, I will be in studio in Atlanta tomorrow. Uh, we'll have plenty more to talk about then. We'll move on from this announcement and get back to more news.